what's up? We haven't done carpets and coffee in a while, man. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's been two weeks off. So yeah, this yeah. is what three weeks ago was the last last session. Yeah. So this is episode. Where are we at? Fifty four. Okay. Does that mean we've been doing this a year? Probably more. Than Probably that. more. Yeah, yeah, counting for a week or here, week or two here and there. You know. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 I was out uh, herping. And uh, over in your area, well, kind of your area, at least on your side of the U.S. Right. Um, My time zone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, traveling back in time and traveling forward into the future. Yeah. Yeah. It took a, took a little bit of a, uh, what's up, Justin? Uh, took a little bit of a toll. But, man, what an amazing place. Uh, but, hey, what's up? Yeah, those those deserts out there are pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, a lot of. Uh, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Did we, I'm not drinking any coffee right now, but I will tell you that I have stumbled upon this um, this uh, new espresso uh, that I got, and it's called Crown Point. Um, mm. Now that I got a s- espresso machine, it's from uh, San Francisco. Um, it's organic and it's delicious. Let me nice. Nice. I still have my Cafe Luna that uh, was sent to me. And today I definitely like needed uh, I needed something cold. So I didn't go for a hot coffee this afternoon. But um, yeah, I also got an email from that. uh, The company that I bought that coffee from Uganda via the roaster in New York that got so many orders, they were like bogged down. Mm-hmm. They're eighty percent fulfilled, so I'm hoping mine will be coming in the near future, and then we can check that that yes. blend and that roast out. I don't know why that would be cool, man. I don't know why no. I won't let me share. Um, coffee out on the West Coast. Did you notice a difference? Um. Well, I had to have I had pizza a couple times just because. Yeah. Um, I know uh, you guys are a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Well, probably you are too. It's right? good. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why I can't share. Something's wrong with my thing, so I can't share anything. So this is gonna suck. So I might have to send you some pictures. So maybe you can. Oh, do you have a computer in front of you or no? Yeah. Okay. So if we need to show a picture, we'll. Uh... Yeah, but the coffee out there was. Um... Yeah, it was. It was. It was a little bit different. Uh, not as. Maybe not as strong. I don't know. You know how East Coast people are, man. <laughs> well, you know how, uh, I hate to admit it, but you know how Californians are. <laughs> Gas, $7 a gallon. Holy shit, man. Yeah, man. It's brutal. I'm like, how do you guys survive? <laughs> how do you have money for snakes? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so... Coffee was good. Food was good. We had a couple, uh, couple cool spots where we stopped for like some authentic. Uh, I don't know what would you call it. Mex- I guess it's Mexican. It's not Tex-Mex there, right? It's like this- no, it's uh, it's very much an authentic Mexican food down there. San Diego can proudly boast probably some of the best Mexican food outside of Mexico itself for sure. Yeah, we had this uh, first night I got there. They had these um, like fresh tacos and. Uh, I think it I, one of I think it was Justin asked what 
what the, the lady would recommend. And she said, get the smoked tuna. It tastes like bacon. Ooh. And I'm like, bacon, you say? <laughs> okay. Say no more. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, um, it tasted just like bacon, man. It was delicious. It was smoked tuna. I don't know. I would have right. never have bought that, but it was, it was really good. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. Place was cool. Uh, the weather was good. Uh, I don't know, man. I uh, the desert. I love the desert. Um, tons of sidewinders we saw. Nice. Um, how long were we there? Well, it was. This was kind of a weird trip. This is probably the weirdest trips that we've had because Justin. So Justin drove in. Rob flew in. Rob's friend Tom flew in. Um. And they were all there on Sunday and I originally wasn't going to go, but because of, um, because of the price of the flights, it was like $1,500. But then I maneuvered dates and they were, this time we were stationed in one spot. So, um, it wasn't like we were moving around from Airbnb to Airbnb. So I joined the guys Monday and I stayed until Saturday and Justin left Saturday morning. Tom left Friday, no, Thursday. And then Chuck joined us when Tom left. Um, and then Chuck and Rob hung out on Sunday. So it's kind of a weird trip, but basically a week. Nice. So. <laughs> We were measuring the trails that we were going by Schmitty tears. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, this trail is seven Schmitty tears, man. <laughs> you got like a key drawn on the map. This yes. is this many Schmitty tears on the map. I'm telling you, long. Justin, I think Rob was trying to kill me, man. We went on this hike that was like, uh, I think all total, it was 10 miles the hike and it was up and down and up and down. And it was, um, I want to say it was in Joshua tree, but I guess we must've went from the other side where Phil went on the other side. Have you ever been there Riley? Mm-mm. No, it's pretty cool. It's like, uh, they had this palm oasis, um, trail where it was just like these palm trees in the middle of the desert, which is kind of weird. Just All to right, see then. that, yeah. Ten Bobby Pebble miles equals thirty actual miles. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty brutal, but uh, it was a good time, man. It was a good time. But we'll talk more about that. What's up with you, Riley? Oh man, I was just thinking about trying to hike in the heat out today. I was like, oh, I would died. It's it's hot today, man. Yeah, you said it was like a hundred degrees. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was rough. It was not pleasant. Um, when it's that hot, it just takes it out of you. Like I'm beat, man. Yeah, yeah. I've had coffee and a monster. I'm just like, uh. Uh, no juice. No yeah, juice yeah, yeah. We the, we were lucky though. The 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 weather wasn't really all that warm when we were out there. That's good. It was warm enough and. Definitely a difference between where we stayed and I think the place, the town was called Julian, Julian. Um, and uh, we actually ended up going out to closer, uh, all the different deserts that we were around. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so. 
advice. Yeah, it was good. Good, good, good stuff. Yeah, while you guys are out there, I had eggs being laid and all sorts of madness here. Yeah, you guys are crushing it, man. I'm, I'm feeling left out. <laughs> yeah, are you getting any eggs this year? Well, I'm doing mostly the spring stuff. So mm, That's right. So you're yeah. still plenty of time left, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you're you're still on track. <laughs> still there. It just feels yeah. weird, you know. It's yeah. Usually uh like this, but um Yeah, absolutely. I uh yeah, I had both of those um both of those tiger head exanic females drop a day apart from another, both on like day twenty and twenty-one uh mm-hmm. post op shed. So pretty pretty early. Um so those were carpet clutches two and three we have that five good eggs from the Kribos. Um, nice. And then, uh, yeah, I put together a whole bunch of clips from the last three days, uh, with that pop carpet that, uh, got egg bound. So, um, filmed a bunch of random stuff, but long story short, she's still with us and I've got five good eggs in the incubator from her. So, um, that was an interesting experience that snake amazes me man (laughs) yeah she's too when she's like fired up and and healthy and shining and glowing she's something special so yeah i'm glad uh i'm glad it wasn't overly complicated and she's not dead but yeah that was interesting i was on the phone with nick yesterday and he was giving me some advice just do this 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 and this i was like you got it and he's like this never happened. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. That's that's always good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice knowing somebody who's experienced egg binding can just tell you, no, don't worry about it. You'll be fine if you just do this. And I said, okay. Yeah. So, and it worked out, you know, I had taken her to the vet and she got oxytocin and, you know, the rest is history. Too. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Right. So, but uh, yeah, what are you that's gonna cool. Do? It's cool that uh, everything is uh, worked out. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it could have been worse. We all know that when egg binding happens, some animals can be full on, like you yeah. know, spayed and have full surgery. And I didn't, <clears throat> it didn't go that far. So <clears throat> that was nice. Good, 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 good. And it sounds like Owen dodged that bullet too, right at the same time. Yeah, man, was, that was wild. Yeah, his his caramel jag head exanic was uh, what she would she push out like one egg and then stopped. Yeah, that's because he busted my stones for so long about my citrus tiger. Yeah, one egg. Yep, that's what he gets. Yeah, but that's, yeah, I I was talking with Todd about it, and he said it usually happens, or it's been reported to happen from dehydration, like if if you're letting water bowls get dry and leaving them without water for a couple of days in between changes or something like that. And mm-hmm. they never go without water. So hmm. I think, you know, every animal is a little bit different and first time breeder, you know, stuff can go wrong. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, I don't know, man, that's, that's a takeaway that I've been sort of on as of recent, the whole, like, idea that we think we know what's going on but we we really don't know <laughs> yeah we really don't know shit you know we're just taking our best guess at stuff and yeah you know, i mean every season there's something that seems to like 
knocking you learn, down a right? peg. Yeah, yeah, every season there's at least yeah. one big like it's not necessarily an incident, but it's one big thing that didn't go like or didn't plan on happening, but it happened and it was profound enough to stick out like, you know, the the Kribo almost dying and then figuring out that breeding. And then last year, the, the one snake, you know, laying her clutch and breaking her back and having to be put down. And now, you know, my first time dealing with egg binding. So it's, I, I knew I was going to learn something. So. Yeah. I I've only had, I had one snake that did egg mine. It was an M pen coastal. Mm. And, um, I showed again. I, yeah, I contacted Nick and I was like, "Hey, Nick, um, uh, what do I do?" <laughs> Which is always good when you bought when you buy snakes from a breeder like that that you can just call up and chat with, yeah. and they'll walk you through it. Um, but uh, they were so close to the vent that he said to try to palpate. There was like two of them. Try to palpate them out. So I did, and. Um, yeah, she turned out okay. Everything seemed to be okay. Um, Did she so. breed for you after that ever again? Uh, yeah, once. Yeah, I had a clutch from her. Yep. Yeah. So. It's funny that this all happened because a few days ago, I think Ryan Young posted about a blackhead female laying eggs that he had uh, one side of her oviduct spade from... Uh, an egg binding or something like that some years ago. And he wasn't sure she was even capable of producing. And there she was producing a small clutch of eggs. So, um, and then he, he went on to say that that was now the third animal in three species that has had at least uh, a partial oviduct, you know, surgery or removal or something and still go on to breed. So, I mean, we know they have two, Talking yeah. with Nick, it seems like it's normal for them to produce with both oviducts in a season. So if you remove one, the other one's still theoretically able to do its thing. So just kind of interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Darren brought up a good point that if um, it'd be great to have some data on how often egg binding occurs in the wild, if it ever does. I would seem to think, I, I mean, maybe it does, but I would say probably no. Well, how would you know? I mean, if it if it does and say it kills the female and then she dies, you got to come across her to collect that data before something eats her or her body desiccates and into the wilderness. I mean, snakes are so hard to study, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that man. like that would be really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. The one thing I did notice on the herp trip was how many baby snakes we saw. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was really interesting because when you know, I had this conversation with Gavin when we were over in Australia and it's like, you really don't see baby carpets all that much. Right. Right. Think about like all the pictures we see of these carpets. We never see, I mean, I'm sure that people see them, you know, but maybe they don't post them because they're not impressive or maybe they don't know what they are. or Maybe they're too fast or maybe they don't see them. Who knows? I don't Mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's many reasons to why that happens, but sure. Um, I just found it interesting that there's not a whole lot of knowledge of like, where do they go? What do they do? <laughs> you know, do they, I think me and Justin talked about this too, was, um, you know, like the whole feeding them during like the, when the cool down sort of happens, do they feed? Should they feed? Uh, you know, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. They're, they're definitely hiding in places we have not found them. Yeah. 
somewhere. So they're doing something really well. Yeah. It would be nice to know. It would give us some more insight into at the very least, if we're doing things right by our, our captive counterparts. Yeah. You know, I was, before we started the show, I was talking about how windy it was and like, I thought for sure that would be no snakes, no snakes. We found the most snakes on the night that it was like, like, I'm talking like winds that are like, you you know, we're wearing jackets and stuff because it's so windy, man. It was really crazy windy. I was listening to uh, the episode of Fight Club this week and they're talking about, you know, uh, the the debate between luck versus skill and in herping. And they had mentioned how on the seemingly ideal condition days, couldn't find anything but on the blistering windy gnarly days that was when you found the most yeah so that's pretty interesting yeah yeah it just seemed odd to me you know it's it's really strange but um yeah i don't know you, you, that's the cool thing about being out in the field right you know, even if it's not snakes you keep or whatever you still take some information back from, from being there yeah yeah it, and i imagine it wasn't uh a consistent 89 degree hotspot uh, no. all day and night. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. We did see uh, a ton of lizards. I swear. I, I kept making a joke the whole trip. I was like, Oh man, the snake gods have known. I've started messing with the legged creatures yep. and they're, yep. just, <laughs> they're like, no more snakes for you. Only, only legs. Listening cool. to listening to the discussion of Chuck Wallace is really cool. I love Chuck's. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun this time. And as far as it's the, it's the herp trip where I've paid attention to everything. I haven't yet been on a herp trip where I've paid attention to everything from birds to plants, to lizards, to snakes, to mammals, to tracks, to Mm -hmm. soil, to, you know, the, just the whole taking it all in where I was just be like super focused on, uh, yeah, you've been on enough snakes. trips now with enough people with enough perspective where you're starting to see it all differently each time, huh? Yeah, 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 that's cool. So. That's, that's how you do it. I mean, that's the skill end of it getting into the, the debate on from Fight Club. That's the skill part of it. Anyone can get lucky, but until you get the experience and get your feet, feet wet and go see it and smell it and you know, hear it and understand it and experience it. Yeah, I think we seem to, you know, work well together as a group. Um, you know, Rob is like really good at the research part of it and like really hammering in the, um, you know, the, he's putting us in the spot, right? All we have to do is just look, you know, it's yeah. either, we know they're there. It's just, can we find them? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Will we be able to see them? Um <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool, man. I tell you what, there's these, uh, these lizards called night lizards mm. and, um, what it, it, they're almost like a cross between a gecko and a lizard and they're cool. Wow, really cool. Have, did you, have you, ever did seen you guys them? find any coleonics out there? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We Those found are... three, three. Those things are like little American leopard geckos. I don't understand why they're not popular in the hobby, man. I just don't get it. I think they're cooler than leopard geckos. I just don't think they've had their day in the sun yet. They haven't had somebody out there with a podcast hyping them up yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Yet. Um, <clears throat> yet. <laughs> That's a key word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Coleonics is really cool. Justin, man, he's got eyes like a hawk. That's good. God, man, he finds these snakes that are like this big. We found this, um, I think it was a shovel nose snake. Mm-hmm. Wild pattern. So the pattern, I'm sorry I can't share the pictures, but hopefully I'll get this together. So when I think Sunday we're going to do an NPR with Rob and nice. Owen and just go through do it on YouTube and share all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. If you guys have photos and videos, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I took tons of video. Tons of video. Lucas, next job for you. <laughs> um, the uh, the horn lizard was, was crazy, you know, um, looking at it. So one thing I did this time is like I um, – Oh man, I wish here. I'm going to send you this picture because I want to see yeah. if you can share it. Uh, hold on one sec. Send it over in uh, the chat here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. No. So, who had the quick hands catching the horn lizards? Because those things are fast. Um, They weren't that fast, but Justin Julander picked up the uh, Chuckwalla. I picked up the rock. Chucks are hard to get, man. If they get into a rock crevice, good luck. Yeah, he uh so I picked up the rock, he grabbed the chuck real quick, and he, you know, he had a he had a good shot of holding it in uh Hellhole Canyon. Hellhole. <laughs> Beautiful name. Beautiful name. Yeah. All right, let's share screen here. Yeah, Coleonix was very cool. I could see myself maybe getting uh, one of them or two of them or something. Yeah, you only get a 10 gallon. That's nothing. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> that's uh, that's nature at its finest right there. I mean, that thing, you can't tell me that thing wasn't built for that environment. Oh, yeah. Can you yeah. share it? Is it showing? No. It's not showing up? Uh-uh. Oh. Oh, wait. There it is. Do you see it? Yeah, now we can. Everybody can see it, hopefully. But the one thing that amazed me is, like, that's a sidewinder in Mm -hmm. the sand. Mm -hmm. Can you see it now? They don't see it. What the heck? What the heck, man? I don't know why they don't see it. They should see it. Can everybody see it now? No? Maybe it's on a delay. Anyway, <clears throat> the um, just how they disappeared into it's there. Okay, it showed they, up. Yeah, how they disappeared um, into the environment was just yeah, just crazy. And they're littler than you think, huh? When you first find them, like because it's unless you have a photo with perspective of size. Yeah, it's a you know a, a rather small rattlesnake, but when you actually find them, they're like really small rattlesnakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That kind of, kind of blew me away from how tiny they were. And then <clears throat> the babies and the couple of babies we found just all out. You know? That's cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. Were the babies from this season or last year? You think I want to say, I think the consensus was, was they were from last year. Okay. Um, Cause I was going to say, I feel like they would only just be coming out from, from their winter now and just getting into breeding babies probably wouldn't be coming along till later, but I'm no, I'm no timing expert on their breeding yeah. season. We found a, uh, a mountain King 
that's cool. That is not easy to do. No, I just sent the picture so you could share it. Um, The crazy thing about the Mountain King, right, is that the first day, Sunday, so there was this trail that went up behind where we were staying and uh, went pretty far up into the mountains. And, um, you know, they the guys went up there and they, um, so here's the Mountain King. Oh, man, those are cool. Yeah, that was a cool snake, man. I think it was 52 degrees. Mm. They like it cold. And then there's the uh, shovel-nosed thing. So small, man. Justin spotted that on the road. That's amazing. I mean, he's got birder eyes for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, He's the secret weapon. (laughs) You know? Um, He's the secret weapon, owns the preventative of seeing rattlesnakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. what was I said, oh, so we we climbed, so they saw it the day on the Sunday, and I think we had some time on the one day in between, like early morning or whatever. And you know, Rob was like, "Well, maybe we'll go see if there's it's still there." So he's like, "I know exactly the log and where it's at and all that stuff." So we hiked up to the log, and sure as shit, man, it was still there, <laughs> still just chilling there. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So that's neat. But. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. I had some of those back in the day. Those things were they did not like they did not like change much. They really preferred their, their yeah. sedentary hides and didn't they had they're very weird snakes. They have their habit. They like to cold, don't eat very often. Yeah. You could tell it wasn't wasn't in the sun, wasn't it was underneath this huge log. It was all damp and um you know, but one of the things I tried to do is like take picture of the substrate along with the picture of the snake and in the environment and all, and try to capture all that. <clears throat> so every time we went into like these canyons, you would see like these, uh, you know, the granite rock, and you're like, oh, I understand speckled rattlesnakes now. I totally get it. You know, yep. it's like I totally understand. Yep. Uh, yeah, when you see photos of the landscape of like a lot of these animals, it just kind of clicks. Like that's yeah. what that color. Yes. You see them blending in, you're like, aha, I get it. I think I've said this before too. Like one of the things that like really changed my mind on not not that <clears throat> not that not that morphs are bad or whatever, but like I guess opened my mind more to looking at natural type of uh reptile like natural variety of reptiles it's like you don't get the full the full thing if you're like looking at a beautiful snake on you know whether it be even if let's say even if you have like a cypress mulch or something and you sort of stick with one type of substrate mm-hmm. or if it's aspen or whatever it has paper whatever it would be um you don't really get that appreciation of what it's supposed to look like. And when you see it in its environment, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it just pops more, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You get more of an understanding of what that animal's daily, daily life and climate is like, and the things it's going to encounter and endure and the harshness of its, of its momentary reality. And just, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of lends another layer of perspective when understanding 
you know, that species. And the, I think once you see that, it's hard to then go back and look at certain animals the same way that you keep at home for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the thing I love part. about rattlesnakes is like, I have no desire, absolutely no desire to keep rattlesnakes in captivity. Mm. None at all. Zero. Never would do it. Never. But man, do they fascinate me in the wild. Like, See, I can't I'm, get I'm, enough. I'm the opposite. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. like that's like the the one sort of group of of venomous where I feel supremely comfortable in my abilities and and understanding. And I'm a person who doesn't feel the need to necessarily handle my snakes at all, right? Like, unless I really have to move them or I'm taking them outside. If it's a you know, to their benefit of a, of a certain animal or whatever. Um, oh shoot. Unplug this whole time. Um, yeah, I just, I don't really, a, a rattlesnake to me is no big deal. So, um, it's, it's not even so much the venomous part of it. That's sort of what I tell myself because when I grew up, we had like, my dad had a whole bunch of different rattlesnakes and stuff, but mm-hmm. like, it just keeps me like it, it pushes it away in my brain. Like, Oh no, can't do venomous, you know, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. I just, I feel like even more so now, since I've been doing that gecko build and some of the other things, I feel like just putting together a nice, you know, slice of like an Arizona desert for a beautiful black tail or something would just be super, yeah. super rewarding, yeah. like very aesthetically appealing and just a very, yeah. And it seems easy to do. I mean, the arid stuff seems very easy to do. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Phil is working on something like that. Cause I, I made sure yeah. that I took a whole bunch of pictures of him rattlesnake habitat. Yeah. I've been hearing him and some of the uh, THP episodes and snakes and stogies episodes. And he's kind of been uh, talking about how, although he is very, um, venomous and protocol minded and he doesn't cross the line of um, setting something up to be dangerously inconvenient to himself. He is swing the pendulum over towards more naturalistic keeping. I know certain species make that difficult, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, but Phil's, he's a pretty brilliant guy. I'm sure he'll figure it out, especially if he's, you know, as connected yeah. as he is with the reptile community and all the venomous guys. And, and I think he'll do great. So I think it's cool to see from a venomous keeping standpoint, setting up a naturalistic enclosure is like with substrate that you don't have to mess with is actually really kind of easy. I mean, if you think about what zoos do, that's what, that's what we always did in zoos. It wasn't bioactive, but it was, it was naturalistic. Yeah. And so right. we'd set it up with like, ways where you can see into the enclosure before you open it ways to open it with hooks and and tongs from a distance. You could refill the water bowl from outside the enclosure with levers and never have to go in and, you know, uh, a spoon on a stick, a glorified pooper scooper, you know, like (laughs) these things would keep you at a safe distance, never require you to interfere in the animal's bubble, keep them on display. And then people could see safe, safe venomous handling and practices. And ultimately it was just, way easier than having yeah. to pull the animal out and deal with that whole thing. You know, I think my dad was way ahead of his time when it comes to certain things. Right. And the one thing in particular I think about, and I was thinking about this the other day is like, he, 
when he got Western Diamondbacks, he he made this. He took like he had this huge, basically at that time, what you used as fish tanks, right? But obviously, clearly, he had to make it so that it was locked and escape proof, mm-hmm. and you couldn't do any of that. So he, mm-hmm. he refashioned the whole lid thing and all on all that stuff, right? But the one thing he did do is he made this. Think of like uh, David Brahms' 3D perches, right? So he made this insert in the cage that was basically made out of wood. Okay. But he made like a um, a box that sort of was on the bottom of that um, thing. And then I, I believe he had one on top of it so that – and he had a dowel rod that would go – up outside the cage. So as soon as those rattlesnakes would go in that hide box, he could close it down. He could lock it from the outside and then he could take that shift box out and then maintenance the cage where he never touched the never laid yep. hands on the animals, never touched them, never hooked them. Nothing. That's the safest way to do it. Always, you know, boxes like that. I know. Yeah. I think there's some controversy if I'm not mistaken with ship boxes, because I think, the thinking was is that you become lazy. Mm. You have to handle them, so you don't necessarily know how to do it. You know, sure, yeah, I, yeah. I know the exact debate. I've heard several um, people on several different forums and, and platforms talk about it, and um, there's a little more to. It's more nuanced than just using a shift box makes you a bad keeper. It's more like if you rely on the shift box and don't have the skills to right. do it without it, or should things go awry, then it doesn't matter how good your shift box is or how good you are. You're still an incompetent keeper sort of thing. That's like the nuts and bolts of it. Like if you're going to keep venomous, you should be able to do everything A to Z regardless of what methods you're keeping. But then you can, you know, do things that make your life a little bit easier, but you should always have the skill behind that to handle that. I mean, Right. If snake hits the floor and goes berserk, you need to know what to do. Right. You need to have backup plans. You need to know what's behind you, who's behind you, what tools are where without having to take your eyes off the animal. It needs to be as fluid as turning on the faucet, like as routine as brushing your teeth. You you need to be comfortable. And if you are not, you need to admit that to yourself and right. be secondary and learn some more and observe some more and expose yourself to it more. So you are comfortable. That can be different for everybody. Um, it's really dangerous, but that being said, a shift box is a brilliant idea to work safely with an animal in a low stress manner. Um, LA zoo has a pretty significant, uh, venomous collection. And years ago when they redid it, they, um, redid it and they called it the lair, the living amphibian invertebrates and reptiles. It's this massive like series of buildings. And it's beautiful. Well done. Floor to ceiling, glass, naturalistic, mixed species to the exhibits, rattlesnakes with chuckwallas, with beaded lizards, with gila's, like wherever they could do it, they did it. And it was really good. And they had a bunch of um, uh, green mambas on display. And because it's a full floor to ceiling enclosure in order to get in and service things, you have to full on walk in, but those animals can get right overhead. And so um, it's not exactly a safe thing to do while there's animals on the exhibit. So they have protocols and everything, but what they, they did was install a shift box on the door that they would condition the animals to know that food would go in there. So they put some food in there. The animals would come and drop a guillotine, lock it, lock the, 
the guillotine on the exhibit, lock the guillotine on the box, be able to take this box, put it inside another secondary locked enclosure so it's triple contained inside a three lock system. And then they could safely go into the exhibit. Now, that doesn't mean the keepers have no skill and competency with those animals. Right. Um, they, they wouldn't even be able to work with those animals have they not passed certain like checkoffs of training and supervising and people signing off on them. So sure. to say <clears throat> using shift box is bad is it, if you don't have the skills to handle yourself with an animal, it doesn't matter if you have a shift box or not. You're only as the tools are only as good as the person using them. And a shift yeah. box is a tool. So yeah. that that's, I think where people get complacent because you have beginners and people that are like, well, I'll just, go get a King Cobra and teach it to shift. And I don't need to know how to do X, Y, and Z. And, and, and there have been some heated discussions between people and I have been involved one or two of those. Um, I, I just don't think, I just don't think when something can hurt you and your actions can influence other people to be hurt, be hurt or killed, that it's something that should be taken lightly. And so to downplay any of these, protocols and standards i think is reckless yeah so. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah and pots are fun i can keep rattlesnakes <laughs> this was back in the 80s too so that kind yeah. of changes things as well you know well I mean? back then you had probably had to make all your stuff anyway you know you probably 100 yeah, learn from whoever was around you and that's just yeah. that yeah so it's yeah. fun making tools honestly and like inventing stuff that helps like yeah. We had these big red cans and we cut uh, windows in them and uh, pop riveted these quarter inch plexi windows into them. So we could put, you know, cobras and rattlesnakes and stuff in cans and be able to look inside and see it exactly what they're doing before we open the lid. So, oh, yeah, that's that's huge, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To lift the lid up and know where the snake is at. And it's not going to come. Yeah. 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 So when it comes flying out, you're prepared for it versus. Yeah. Not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I um, we're probably only going to go for about an hour because um, yes, on the trip I did I did hurt myself. Um, I I fell down and I I banged my legs up pretty bad. <laughs> I just tripped over the curb and uh, yeah. So uh, my drugs will probably kick in sometime. <laughs> we got to get you a, a nice like rattlesnake cane, like a hand carved rattlesnake ah, head yeah. can you can just walk yeah. around like that <laughs> you know there was a cut there is so there's a couple things that i learned on this trip right one um is that <laughs> um yeah my dad kept them all in aquariums too uh slate bottom real heavy tanks mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys had those things with that slate bottom and whatnot i kept burmese oh, yeah. pythons in those um uh anyway um one of the things I love about herping is I go off the grid. I go completely off the grid. I remember like looking at our message when I got on the plane, when I was getting back on our like message thread, I'm like, good God, <laughs> what has been going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the but, best. Uh, no Facebook, no, you know, YouTube's no, not just hanging out with the guys, having good times, telling stories. Yep. The, the cool thing was, is that Tom, brought one of them backpack guitars nice Dude, that was the coolest thing ever I, i've always wanted to try one of them like um kind of looks like a lute almost it's like okay. the neck and like yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah um and so we were jamming on that and i think i think i uh i think i surprised some people that like 
You're like, whoa, we didn't we didn't know you were that good. <laughs> nice. But, uh, this is a good good time. But it was funny because like me and Tom were sitting in the back of the car, and Justin and Rob were up at the front at the beginning of the week. And, you know, Rob just sets this bomb off. He's just like, oh, yeah, Tom plays guitar, too. Well, that was it, man. We were just guitar talk, the whole, you yep. know, like in between places and looking for stuff for guitar talk. So uh, yeah. it was all good. But anyway, um, typically I would keep my notes on my phone. Um, but I don't know. I just I like the whole feeling of writing. So I stumbled upon these these books. They're called Right in the Rain. Right. And it's like just basically like it's like uh, it's made for like field guide books, you know, mm-hmm. like and the pages can't get wet. Oh, um, nice. Uh, so you can't mess them up from water or like any kind of then they're really tough. So like they're made for being in the field comes with this little like pack that you can seal up and sick got a little holder for pencil and the pen that's made specially for writing on it nice. and then, like if you want to jot down like uh some notes that's got like one of these little spiral notebooks that's the same type of paper nice, it just packs up in this little pack and you're good to go so easy as um, can be yeah yeah take um, some temperature and uv notes and humidity notes and yeah elevation and all that good stuff yeah all that kind of stuff you know um that's awesome what kind of environment or just even notes of like you know i think of like i can't really like drag around this on the next trip (laughs) you know what i mean like this big thick ass book so if you like take notes from the book of things that you think of or where uh you know you might find something or habitat or whatever the case would be but um so that was smart that was a bonus that I got uh, from this trip. Um, yeah, slowly but surely, like, because uh, I guess the daytime part of our trips are a lot of hiking and stuff. So, um, you know, I, I think we all love it because we possibly could see reptiles, um, a lot of lizards and stuff, sure, during the day. We did stumble upon this uh, coach whip. Nice that we actually got hands-on, which is next to impossible with those things. So they're fast. Yeah. It's like, I was laughing because it's the four of us, like Rob's laying on the ground, looking into the this bush. Could have been a cactus. I don't know. It's a huge, huge bush thing. Justin's on the other side. Tom's on the one side. I'm on the one, other side. So we're like four monkeys surrounding <laughs> this bush. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man. And like uh, just waiting it out for it to make a move. And then, you know, I can't remember who got it. I don't know if it was Rob that grabbed it or John. I think it was Justin. Justin grabbed it. Nice. He got hands on. So that's um, cool. What color was it? It was like a red checkered pattern. Oh, it's really crazy looking. It's beautiful, um, man. Most of the times they're like a solid color of what I've seen, you know. Yeah, you either get like a gold with like black edging or like a black that two tones to gold certain counties and certain regions you can find them they're pink and black i saw the pink ones before yeah those are crazy that's cool man yeah those things are super fast yeah man crazy and um i'm trying to think what else but yeah i mean it was just great it was great to hang out with like uh justin and chuck um you know i've known chuck for years from mp and you know you know all that and to actually finally face to face you know 
Yeah, uh, chat with somebody and not through a, a, a text message or whatever was was pretty awesome. So hundred percent. Yeah, that's always a fun time. But uh, yeah, especially when you get to do it on uh, herp related things, not just like I guess the show is herp related, but like an actual trip too, where it's not just chaos and working and in a retail sort of thing all day. It's like actually out there doing whatever. Yeah, a little more of a. I guess private, intimate bonding sort of setting. You really get to know somebody better. That, yeah, that yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're always every year. There's always some new. Uh, uh, what the heck did Justin turn me on to? Um, uh, shit, I can't remember the name of it. Some comedy thing from um, um, Netflix. Oh shit. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, it, it was uh, Justin's going to be like, "What the hell, man? We watched it like 150 <laughs> times." Um, but yeah, it was just it was you know, it was good times, good times, man. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. So that is awesome. Yeah, we were thinking like you guys are so close to that, but really you're not. No, I mean nowadays, uh, depending on planning and timing, especially with gas prices, depending on you know when you fly in and out it it's almost cheaper to just fly the drive would be like probably eight hours for me something like that and that's just like i'd rather fly at that distance and then i just yeah it was chaos man it just that whole date snuck up on me and i had snakes dropping eggs and i'm doing all this wedding stuff and and all of a sudden you're like yeah we're in san diego i'm like wait well uh (laughs) have fun (laughs) yeah i'll get down there i i don't i sincerely do not think this is my year for uh extended travel Uh, like herping could be done you know locally for sure but um i don't i don't know how it happened especially after covid but i think subconsciously i made this the year for for concerts too um aside from weddings so I've got like two more to go to next month. And then I just bought tickets for Aftershock um, because uh, on one of the days, the top three headliners are Kiss, Judas Priest, and Lamb of God. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm going to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think once, well, I should say we are trying to plan our honeymoon for Costa Rica. And, and my fiance has already said, Nice. That she understands that it's Costa Rica and there's reptiles and amphibians there. And so we're going to try and do some sort of like night jungle walk. There's sloth tours and stuff. So technically I'll get a little bit in in Costa Rica. So you go in Pacific coast, Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 And we're going to, we're going to stay near uh, some of the mountains and at the the base of some of these rainforests, there's some lodges, there's some eco lodges that you can, you, can go you know, uh, Matt went there a couple of years, few, well, God, it's probably like five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he went there and he said it was relatively cheap and he had, oh, bath, yeah, man. yeah, he said, you it know, was great. as far as like if we're t- if we're talking on a scale of like the most exotic to like a commonly like herp spot, Costa Rica isn't the most exotic. However, if you if, if it's hard to get out or this is your first time going somewhere overseas and you just kind of want to get your feet wet with international travel, it's a really good place to do it because a lot of people speak English there. Yeah. Um, Spanish isn't that hard to sort of just pedal yourself through if you've never studied it. 
Sure. People are there super friendly. Just stay away from the main city, San Jose. Stay away from that place. If you're white, you'll get pickpocketed and extorted in seconds. Just stay away from that place and you'll be good. It's really cheap. And you can see everything without trying, dude. I mean, you'll see iguanas all over the place. You will see um, all sorts of other little lizards, howler monkeys, squirrel monkeys, um, toucans, all sorts of stuff, toads, sloths. I mean, they're just, they're just there. So um yeah i I went a couple times as a kid before i knew what herping was like eight years old and 10 years old and i can't tell you how many animals i saw but you know i feel like oh so you've been there before yeah yeah i've stayed in uh just like a random little side of a a mountain sort of in place with my mom for a week uh no windows in a place like janky little spot like side of a beach you know, Costa Rican national team would come through and spend the night and drink beers at this bar. Like just, you know, it's like no frills, none needed. And it's just a good life, good people. And the air is clean. The water is clean. It's just, everything feels good there. So, um, it's, it's, it's paradise, quintessential paradise. I mean, yeah. And you can, you can get plenty of tours out to go see, snakes and frogs and stuff especially if you go the right time of year there's a lot of ecotourism there so there's a lot of cool options and there's a coffee and chocolate tour usually oh. offered in most places so we're going to do that too nice yeah nice. so bring back some good coffee nice that's excellent yeah. um so uh i know uh uh, yeah, Johnny was asking about things to bring and we we're talking about, um, they were talking about lights and stuff. And I just mm. want to throw this out here. To the, so I bought this. So when we went to Texas, Justin had this, um, headlamp from coast and, um, do, that thing was amazing. So I was really impressed with it when we were herping with them in Texas. And, uh, when, I said, oh, I'm going to pick one of those up. And I was able to pick one up before we left. And, and it was great. So I, uh, I did this thing now where I take, so I like to use, I like to use um, uh, a torch as well as a headlamp because mm. I think, especially if you're looking for like lizards and cracks and rattlesnakes and stuff, you want to be able to get in there and maneuver it. Sometimes it's hard to do with, at least for me, it's hard to do with my head. Um, so you know, it gets into those cracks and stuff. But what I would do is I would charge one of the batteries at the place and I would have, uh, or no, 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 I would charge it overnight and I would charge one of the batteries. The other two would be full and be in the, in the lamp. And I would keep one in my bag so that if one of them ran down, I would be able to change it out. So I had a total of four batteries, a, a replacement for each. So they would be charging while I would be herping and then I would flip them out. So it was like, I constantly had, a fresh set of batteries uh, made a huge difference. Yeah. So. Extra batteries, extra yeah. SD cards, all that good stuff. Yeah. I think uh, when we water. were planning, yeah, water. <laughs> so when we were planning the, the Australia trip before COVID yeah. shut it down, I loaded up on all that gear and I still have it all. So I got one of those, um, the uh, USB rechargeable headsets, like the really powerful one with the back, you know, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought one of those, uv and temperature and humidity readers i bought um yeah flashlights uh what else 
I got one of those small camo uh, camelback backpacks that hold water. And <laughs> yeah, I was like uh, two of the, the hats with the drop down nets that cinch around your neck, but had a little zipper opening for your water. So you don't have to deal with all the bugs in your face. I got two nice. of those. I was, man, I was ready to rock. That is a definite in the deserts of Australia, for sure. Not so much in the U.S., but in Australia, man, those flies are vicious. <laughs> so I will say, if I ever get up, when I ever get over there, I won't wear one immediately. I will have to experience it for the awful nature that it is, even yeah. if it's for five seconds. Sure. Shoot about me. how long you'll last. <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot me Australians who walk around in you know, soccer shorts, no shirt, no shoes out in the middle of the freaking desert and don't mind any of the elements like y'all are crazy. It's yeah. known over here in the United States that Australians are just gnarly folks in yeah. the best way possible. Right. We're not there. We yeah, just, we're not, we're, we're not, not there. <laughs> we're, we have, we are soft pink and squishy. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are burnt chiseled in the outback sun. Yeah. So we will, we will accommodate so we can, go through and then maybe one day we'll be as tough as them. Rob went right for it, but I, I couldn't do it, man. I, I, I don't know. I mean, how he did it. I, I'm all for getting the full experience, you know, eat the food. Oh but, yeah. Uh, but you know, the flies, man, I don't, I, unless somebody's like, this is a rare delicacy and you're going to insult the whatever. I, I, sorry. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It was, uh, but it's, I don't know why. I wonder why. And all the deserts that I've been in the U.S., I've never come across that. I wonder what the difference is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, like, maybe Australia is so isolated, whatever population of flies can't leave, and they're just like, fuck it, we're here. Maybe. I wouldn't leave either. <laughs> I mean, fair. Let's just yeah. say the flies over there probably have some excellent taste in herbifauna. Maybe That's they're right. herper flies. That's right. <laughs> They understand. They understand how lucky of where they were born. <laughs> they go around collecting, like we collect animals, and like, oh, I've got a, a lifer list. They're like, hey, I fed off of a mulga today. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Pennsylvania guy here today. I got some Ooh, uh, exotic. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. I've always wondered why there are so many flies out there in such harsh terrain with little water. I mean, well, they get. That's why they're attracted to you. They don't really bite you. They don't bite. They right, cuz you're water. you're now you're now a source of salt and, and moisture when you're sweating, yeah. right? But like if you weren't there, what are flies doing out there? In like such massive numbers. Yeah, I don't know. Um is it the yeah. same in Africa too? Like if you're probably, huh? If you're like out in the safari yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Like where... lions being swarmed by flies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just a hot wilderness thing. Maybe it has to do with the, the actual fauna that's in the environment. I don't, I don't it's know. Possible. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm not smart enough for that. Yeah. Mosquitoes, I can't do, man. The, yeah. You know, if I was in the swamp <laughs> <laughs> waddling for naked, collecting fish. Uh, yeah, I would say that they're a game changer. Um, I you used to have one where it was like a, a hat and then it mm -hmm. would kind of fold out and pull down. Okay. But when we were in Northern Territory, Keith stumbled upon this thing where he could wear a regular hat and the net sort of sits over top of that. Ah. So it covers your face. So you don't have to wear like a goofy hat or, you know, you can wear a hat that, you yeah, know, yeah. The baseball hat. It worked out well. So we all got this. It was, it was nice. Good. I just went on Amazon, found the like, 
bucket hat style That's ones that you could like fold up and shove in your pocket yeah. if you need to or like get it wet it doesn't matter sort of thing like 10 bucks or two of them like if you lose one who cares sort of thing 100 yeah. percent. yeah one day i'll break that sucker in <laughs> yeah that'll be cool um I know we wanted to talk about before we jumped off the uh, mm-hmm. US Arc YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, doing a good job um, uploading, sharing, promoting, getting stuff out there. They had a video go up there today uh, with Garrett Hartle and, and Phil Goss on their talking, and it was actually really encouraging. There are some updates on the. Um, the American Competes Act as it pertains to the Lacey Amendment changes. Um, so encouraging stuff and, and now, um, you don't have to do quite as much to go dig around and get your updates. You can just subscribe to their YouTube channel and get the updates there, which is, yeah, I get, I've been saying they should do it for a while, but I'm sure that's not the easiest thing to do with all the other things Phil and that organization is doing. So I'm glad folks like Garrett and Dave and everybody else who are, you know, streaming stuff for them are helping get it going. And it's, it's a great tool. It's great that you're actually hearing it directly from Phil Goss, right? You know, I yes. know he goes on podcasts and stuff, but here he could just go blast out, you know, a little, you know, little excerpt that he had to do, tell mm-hmm. what's up, and then, you know, people get the correct information. Because I think sometimes, even myself, it filters through us, yeah. you know, podcasts, YouTube channels, all those things. And sometimes maybe we're not as uh, articulate uh, is sure. that the right word with yeah. you know c- the message coming across because we might not be as uh well versed in mm-hmm. the politics of things if you will you know right um, yeah i mean phil can say it best he's the one boots on the ground doing yeah. it all so the fact that there's now a platform to uh to do that garrett took a hit on his own content to put that channel up i wonder what that means i hope that doesn't mean the public looked at it negatively um yeah, I hope that means more of uh, he's devoting more of his time for that instead of his channel stuff. I hope, I hope that's what that means. That would be kind of a gross thing, the dirty thing to learn about that people are upset about somebody promoting that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so much. <laughs> you know what's funny? I don't pay attention to any of this anymore because I've like me neither, man. <laughs> I've found my I've found my pendulum level of zen at yeah. home, and uh, and it's wonderful. But I also am glad that there's enough of a little peak in my life to stay up on what's going on. So it's just, yeah, there's so much going on. It's hard to keep up. I was listening to, um, there's a gecko. Oh, uh, uh, there's a YouTube channel. I think his name is Wally. Maybe Wally gecko. Uh, it's, uh, I feel bad now. I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, anyway, uh, he had on um, that crazy gecko guy, which is I think is I think is I haven't talked to him in forever, but I think Wally I know his, Kern of Supreme that's, Gecko. Yes, that's it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, he had uh, I think his name is Nick Esposito, the crazy gecko guy. Did you ever see him? Mm-mm. He lives in Maryland. Oops. Supreme Gecko. Yes. Anyway. He was on there talking and they were talking there about is. like him doing a TikTok or whatever. And like, it's, he's sort of saying like, um, you know, I don't really go on Facebook or put my things out, you know, uh, uh, you know, anything like that because I'm spending my time 
in my collection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like where a lot of people, you know, sometimes I, I, myself included, got sucked into like you're spending all your time on the computer and you're talking about reptiles, mm-hmm. but you could be spending the time in your snake room learning about reptiles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you could be learning about what you're keeping. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I find it very seldom that I have time to sit down and catch up on facebook or youtube stuff anymore Uh, i try to post photos and videos and stuff and stay present on there but i am by no means like then following up and reading what other people are doing really i just i follow the joe rogan philosophy don't read the comments yeah i just (laughs) throw stuff out there yeah i just throw stuff out out there for the people that like it and just try to stay present so that people know i'm not dead and you can find me yeah and just you know keep my ear to it all if I need to, but otherwise I'm kind of in my little bubble these days. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I don't know yet. I haven't seen any money from that. I've got more money from YouTube than TikTok. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Well, we're, I think we're at, I think we're at almost, we're at 800. So we need like 200 more people to hit the thousand on the the channel. That's some good growth. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah. Slow and steady. That's how I like it. Yeah. I'd rather have a hundred people that like um are like super into what we do rather than a thousand or thousands or whatever that sure are like not really into it, you know. Yeah. My season, um, yeah, it's starting now. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, it's coming along, uh, slowly pushing along. Uh, I'm not seeing eggs yet, though, but there's still time. So, uh, you know, it's Wednesday. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we're going to do NPR on um, Sunday, 7 o'clock. Um, and we'll go way into the weeds with the trip and all. I didn't want to uh, just hog the show and talk about that and not, you know have a conversation with Riley and I figured we already had that set up. So we're good to go, but we'll, we'll get into the, the neat knit and gritty details and there'll be YouTube content. Now I will say this is the one thing that I didn't like about filming YouTube stuff in herping mm-hmm. because it takes away from herping. Yeah. Cause you're looking at everything through your phone. Yeah. And like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> it's it is different you have to like actively do something else with your brain when you're really there to just observe absorb and soak it all in you right. have to also point shoot you know on yeah. off like yeah you kind of have to that's why i don't i typically don't film when i go to people's places I, yeah i'm not like if it's somebody a friend of mine or something yeah i might screw around to point the cameras up but otherwise like sure. i just want to i'm there to digest it all you know yeah it's like you're trying to get this information out to people but like you're sort of missing it while you're doing it you know like, i think I that's never, where, that's where gopros i think kind of bridge that gap you can wear like yeah. a chest harness and then your hands are free sort of a deal or like yeah. a the head mount you know maybe maybe that's the the way to go to right. make it still feel sort of organic i guess I did have that and I didn't really use it this trip because I got to tell you, man, the iPhone, I got the iPhone 12, I think. And like, yeah. 
camera is pretty tip top. Camera is fucking good. I mean, it's 4K video. I'm thinking, yeah. like, do I really need to buy anything more? Like, no. Know, you know what's funny? The more I like explore other types of content on YouTube and see what other people are using, if you pay attention, you'll sometimes catch like glimpses and mirrors or like other cameramen or things like that, and you realize most of the people that are doing it do it on their phones because the phones are that good and. I mean, if you're really thinking about your profit margins, the less you got to spend, the more income you make, the more of it you keep. So if you're not blowing it on, you know, yeah. $50,000 with camera gear and lenses and stuff, and you're just using what you got. I, this trip, I didn't take a camera. I only took my phone because yeah. I was challenging myself to see if I could get pictures. Because I, well, I, I'm lucky because I know Rob always has his camera, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's sort of fun. But there is sort of a, there is sort of a something about you taking your own picture and your own artistic spin on it. You know, like Rob takes pictures a certain way. I take pictures a different way. Just, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like having your own, it's like your yeah. version of what happened, I guess. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, I thought, Man, you always got your phone on you. Why can't you just use this? You know, let's see what happens. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, that's why I thought if they get like a Google Glass or something, that'll be a game changer for YouTube people that are trying to make content like that. Because if you can record what you're actually seeing, you know. That would be sweet. I mean, uh, yeah. What more do you need? You know? Imagine how cool it would be to see like the folks at Kentucky Reptile Zoo doing their extractions with those on or something yeah. like that. Oh man, that would be nuts. Yeah, that'd be cool. Western Diamondbacks. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <Yeah. Yellow. laughs> <laughs> These are ventral scales. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. No, that that would be super cool. The applications are kind of endless there. So I mean just think of like for a new keeper wanting to see what somebody's collection is like, even the most mundane of tasks like going through yeah. and cleaning a rack is going to be worth watching for somebody at that sure, point. It would change like videos on like instructional videos for stuff because you could actually do the thing while you're mm-hmm. just working, you know, I don't know. This yeah. is what I was thinking about where we were hiking. There was one point where there's like people on this one trail that said they saw a rattlesnake. So Rob takes off, he's running and Justin, he's like, well, I'm not going to be outpaced by, by the Hobbit number two. So he takes off and, um, you know, Chuck is like, well, I can't let Justin win. And he takes off. And I'm just like, I'm just walking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, just holler yeah. when you find it. I'll be there eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be there. So while I'm walking, I was like, you know, it would be a game changer. Because I was thinking about this Apple Glass thing that they got yeah. coming out. And I was like, if you could record wow, that would be fantastic. And I would think that they would gear towards that because, you know, a lot of people are content creators and stuff. And that would just be, that would be cool, man. But Oakley and Ray-Ban, if you're out there listening and you want to be a sponsored, boy, do we have an idea for you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, we're going to cut short. Riley, uh, I mean, Riley, Riley's right here. Lucas was, uh, had to go out of town. So, um, yeah, he's going up to New York, right? Yeah, New York. It's coming to have setter. some cheesesteaks. There he goes. <laughs> cheesesteaks. Gets, gets a nice fancy box of snakes and flies off for the weekend. I know. That kid. What living, the a, hell? living the good life while he's young. Good for him. Yep. Good for Live him. It up. Live yeah. It up. As much as uh, I want to give him crap for um, his ever growing, eclectic, diverse group of non blackheads and rettles, <laughs> uh, no. I. 
I gotta give it to him. He owns it very well. Yeah. He it it all makes sense, I guess, you know, looking at it and seeing the influences around him, I'm like, well, it all makes sense. So yeah. and yeah. And then on top of that, I've seen his place and every single one of those animals gets afforded like adult size enclosures the day they get there. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, got a, you got a pot of gold hidden under those floorboards yeah, or something right. there, boy? What the hell? What's going on here? What kind of witchcraft is this? So, you got an OnlyFans page or something? Like, what's you know, going on he here? Might, he might. <laughs> He's know. a good-looking young guy. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, that's cool, man. But good for him. So, yeah, yeah. It, I didn't even think of that till you just said that. The influence, right? You got Loafman that's influencing him. Nick. You got Mutton that's influencing him. And look at this. He's about to have, uh, well, he's got Woma eggs. He's about yeah. to have Blackhead eggs, if all goes well. Yeah. Uh, jungle eggs and, a, you know, more brettles. I mean, dude. Yeah, this is his second it. second season breeding. Are you kidding me? That's like it's a crazy. That's a grand slam right there, dude. As far as I'm concerned. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, good, good for him, man. Good for him. Yeah. And Aki's now. <laughs> Lizard breeder. I know, man. He's leaving me in the dust. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny how he owns that. That was something that we brought up when, when we were on the trip, right? You know how Owen and Sasquatch, he's like, he gets, I keep trying to explain to him, like, just, just embrace it, bro, man. Just embrace it, you know? He's like, no, I'll never do it. But uh, <laughs> we were walking in this... Um, up the hill where we found the 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 uh, king snake, and there was this big—I don't know if you've seen it, but Justin, there was like this big thing of trees with a hole in the middle, and it yeah. looked like a Hobbit Shire, right? Justin's <laughs> like, "Let me take your picture in the Hobbit Shire." Like, <laughs> I'm like this, and he's like, "See, that's why I like you, man. You that's just like, you just own it. You're just like ah. you're just, just a Hobbit. <laughs> you just roll with it. You just have fun with it. Play yeah. with it. Life's nice. too short, right? 100. So never go full Will Smith." <laughs> yeah that was another thing man that all happened while we were away so we didn't have any idea i'm like what the fuck are all these memes about like what's oh, going on man here? This, some people made some really good ones where uh his uh screaming in the crowd up at chris le- led right into some like brutal death growls and some black metal band stuff it was perfect nice a lot of djs are using it to intro breakdowns and and their their sets and shows i'm seeing clips of people starting it and it just like goes into a break and it's just like at a rave like (laughs) oh man the internet wins every time yeah every time so all right yeah well this was fun i'm glad we got to record i was uh i was hoping i'd get a little slice of your trip but not spoil all the good stories for the uh, the NPR episode. Yeah, so that was yeah. cool. I'm glad. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I didn't see. I was I was worried I was going to see you like wheelchairing in and Dory like pushing you in with crutches on the back <laughs> and like no. IV and stuff. But no, you're good. Cool. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, chicks so, dig scars, right? That's right, man. That's what I'm there hoping for. Yeah, you know. There you go. So, um, but yeah, uh, I guess if you want to follow what we're doing, we're back in the swing of things now. So. Uh, podcast should be dropping i thought i could do it from the field but i couldn't because the wi-fi and downloading the files and all that stuff so that's why the aussie hop her podcast was a little late and um uh yeah stuff like that and npr didn't happen because yeah it's a whole thing but anyway we'll be back uh this sunday at seven uh and we're due live so check it out talk about the trip 
you know, Rob's got all the details. Um, I just tell the stories. Um, and if you want to follow the show, uh, NPR, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. You want to get in touch with us, info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. You can find all the stuff, all the stuff there. Follow the podcast, Patreon, Teespring, all that stuff. It's all right there. So that's all I got, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. For me, you can just find me on YouTube under my name, Riley Jimison, and everything else, just Riley's Reptiles. Pretty easy to find. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, it's 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Sorry about that. I guess I should have said that. I forget. We talk to people all around the world. And That's Patreon true. stream. Uh, we're going to be doing that uh, uh, probably sometime next week. Uh, or at the, if not sometime during the week, it's going to be the following Sunday. So. Uh, but I'll, I'll get that posted up and all. So good stuff. So, Sounds uh, good. Take care. And, uh, all righty. See you next time. Peace. Bye. 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 Bye.